The Maximum Mix from the 60s through the 80s. Non-stop music. Rolling Stones. Stevie Wonder. Beatles. Classic hits. Sky Pilot Radio Las Vegas. The soundtrack of your life. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Countdown to 9-11. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. Well, I call, I'm calling today's show Countdown to 9-11. No, that was not a mistake. <laughs> uh, it is supposed to be a play on words in that, of course, it's the countdown to the 20th anniversary of 9-11, but... Um, the reason why I'm saying countdown to 9-11 is because clearly with all of the things that have been happening, um, we are getting closer to another 9-11. And I don't just mean on the calendar. Close your eyes and try to remember where you were on the real 9-11-2001, how you heard about what happened to the Twin Towers, to the Pentagon, to the plane that landed in Pennsylvania, which was headed towards Washington, D.C., uh, perhaps the White House, um, and how you felt when you first heard all of that. Now, if someone would have told you then that 20 years from then, from that day, that we would be um, at risk of another 9-11, that the things would happen in Afghanistan that just happened, this incredible tragedy and travesty, we probably, it would be hard to believe, what? The United States couldn't get its act together in 20 years to protect us from another 9-11? Well, in fact, we're really in more danger than ever on this 20th anniversary. Um, but rather than go into that today, I'll save that for another time, or, or I, may have, I may have talked about it in a previous podcast as well. But I want to talk today about um, how each year the commemoration of 9-11, the anniversary, has gotten less and less attention. Uh, why is that? <laughs> well, and why is that wrong? Why is that bad? It's bad because, um, first of all, he who forgets history is doomed to repeat it. And that is never, was never as clear as this 9-11 anniversary, where uh, we are seeing the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. We're seeing Al-Qaeda, the perpetrators of 9-11, regathering in Afghanistan. And of course, ISIS and ISIS-K, it's called in Afghanistan, uh, also getting fortified since, since the Taliban won, since the Taliban rooted America out. You know, yes, supposedly, <laughs> this was supposedly our plan, but... Um, 
but obviously a very poorly executed plan and a very poor plan to begin with to get out in this way. So, um, you know, each year, if you think about it, the not only has there been less and less media coverage of 9-11, the anniversary, but each year um, the reading of the names has gotten less and less coverage, less and less fanfare. Uh, Last year and this year, it's going to be blamed on COVID. Uh, You know, can't have too many people be in a crowd together at ground zero. But really, it is just, uh, if you look at all the 20 years, you know, or 19 years so far, um, it is just par for the course. It is just how things have been going, lessening and lessening the commemoration. Now, um, it's understandable in the sense, you know, as a psychiatrist, I can explain uh, that and I, un- I can understand and explain to you why this is. And um, primarily it's because, you know, whatever, whatever traumas you, you may have had as a child, um, we, we want to forget them as we grow up. We push traumatic memories into our unconscious and it's only when things trigger them that they come up. And if they're really bad memories, we want to keep them buried. That's why they go into the unconscious. So it's understandable that just like, you know, memories of being bullied in school or of a parent dying or some other traumatic childhood memory, just like we don't want to remember those things, we don't want to remember the trauma of 9-11-2001. But just because it's painful, <laughs> doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep remembering it, of course, and commemorating it, not just remembering, you know, individually, but commemorating it as a society, as a country. Uh, Besides, of course, what I said as far as um, he who forgets history is doomed to repeat it. In addition, we want to honor the people who died, the, uh, the people in the Twin Towers and all of the sites of the terror attacks on 9/11, and the first responders, the people, the the people who went joined the military to protect our country because they were so inspired by 9/11. We have to protect America. This is you know so terrible. Um, all of these people who basically sacrificed their lives, or sacrificed their limbs, or sacrificed their psychological health at the very least. And so that's another reason why we need to uh, commemorate it each year. We need to teach our children about what happened on 9-11. Anybody who is 20 or less were not, was not born, born on 9-11. And even people, um, you know, 20 to 30, they, they were little kids when 9-11 happened. However, certainly they, they um, experienced the day to the, in the way that they were able to experience it as little kids. So, Anybody, uh, even people who aren't born, still need to learn the lessons of 9-11 and to feel the patriotism that we felt on 9-12 and for some time after that, and uh, to remember how America could be as compared to the divisiveness that we have today. And um, for all those reasons and more, we need to commemorate it. Now, this is this being the 20th anniversary uh, just like any big anniversary, you know, the 10th anniversary, I don't really, you know, there were, there were some, some um, commemorations acknowledging it being the 10th anniversary, but there was nothing really major that happened. And this year, you know, I'm, um, 
it's there's nothing there's no nothing that is uh it does not seem like there is going to be anything major for this 20th anniversary either uh certainly if for example the name reading at ground zero this year unless they have changed it but the latest information that i have is that um they're only going to have families of the people who died in the twin towers not the families of the first responders, not the families of the people who cleaned up the mess and have been dying from cancer. Um, no, no other families besides those who died actually in the Twin Towers. And, and again, this is all in keeping with the way things have been getting less and less over the years. And certainly the grief has not been getting less, less and less of these families. So um, that does not bode well. Now, um, this year, as much as we, you know, just like in the past, would like to try to downplay the pain, the memory of the pain of 9-11, it is a little harder to forget this because we are, at least in the back of our mind uh, and in the media and, you know, surrounding us one way or the other, veterans and so on, um, we we can't block out all of the news that we have been hearing about Afghanistan. And so the threat of another 9-11 is so uh, in our minds, even though, yes, we are pushing it away. You know, we're not um, wanting, to, wanting to remember that or think of that or think of it as, as possibly bringing another 9-11 with the same pain, the same terror that we had before. But, um, and you know, as much as we want to, we want to believe that what's happening in Afghanistan doesn't affect us unless of course we lost a loved one or know someone who lost a loved one or have some personal contact. But a lot of people want to try to think, well, that's over there. It's so far away. Um, you know, it's sad that we've abandoned that this is happening to our veterans. We betrayed them all their work and their sacrifice and abandoning the Americans who were there and so on. But, um, but, you know, I've been pretty shocked at how the news, uh, of course, it was all Afghanistan all the time for a while. But have you been noticing that in recent days, um, the headlines aren't necessarily about Afghanistan, not the top headlines in any case? Uh, you know, we're talking again about the Kardashians and uh, other Hollywood celebrities and really, really trivial kinds of stuff. I, I, it's hard for me to understand how, I mean, other than the fact that people, it's painful, but it's hard for still for me to understand how people cannot be glued to whatever media they choose, whether it's television or the internet or the radio or, or the podcasts or um, some kind of news. Uh, to hear the latest, to be just to be glued to it, especially because there are at least, you know, they're saying 200 Americans, you can probably multiply that by 10 or, or 100. I mean, it's really impossible to know exactly how many Americans there are there. Uh, and in any case, well, as I'll tell you uh, in a little bit, um, well, the, the, the situation in Afghanistan and the ramifications of Afghanistan are getting worse and worse. And that's why I'm saying uh, countdown to 9-11. Um, I'm going to, I think I'll stop here for now. And in the next segment, I'm going to be giving you some highlights of things that have been happening in Afghanistan and, of course, connected to America. Um, 
you know, things that have been happening in America as well, related to Afghanistan, both ways, in other words. Um, and to, to make the point that the ramifications of our pullout in Afghanistan uh, are just beginning. We are just beginning to see what the ramifications are, and they are not pretty. So stay tuned for the next segment, and we'll continue talking about Countdown to 9-11. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about countdown to 9-11 both the, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, that's coming up very soon, and the countdown to A-9-11. In other words, uh, another major terror attack or um, several lone wolves, mi more minor terror attacks, but basically more attacks on the U.S. So I'm going to go through some highlights of things that have been happening uh, ramifications of the pullout in Afghanistan that are warning signs, basically, um, of the fact that things are heading in a very bad direction, a, a direction um, to another 9-11. And I, I, again, I say that not necessarily, obviously not um, how the planes hitting the towers or, you know, or what's been built now at Ground Zero, although that could happen. Um, but I mean, just more, more devastation, more terror from terrorists. So let's let's look back. Um, I will go. Um, let's see. The um, where should I start? <laughs> well, first of all, there were. Um, the Taliban has been conducting mock funerals. They um, are they put they had caskets. They were carrying caskets, and they draped flags over the caskets. Um, the American flag, British flag, French flag, and NATO flag, and those coffins were supposed to represent uh, troops from each of these places. And um, really, it's not only these mock, mock funerals for these troops, in other words, who they, um, who they were able to call victory over, but um, really practicing for real funerals, for future real funerals, such as of American Taurus, uh, Taurus, <laughs> American um, Americans who were abandoned. Well, some of them were tourists, actually, <laughs> but um, Americans who were abandoned in Afghanistan, left behind, um, and troops, and um, and in these mock funerals, the Taliban was wearing Western clothes, that Western gear. Um, they had, you know, they were parading their. Uh, military weapons and so on. And um, they were saying they were, of course, celebrating. 
and they were calling out, announcing how uh, Kabul airport was going to now be a base for jihadists, uh, for all Muslims to gather together to plot jihad. And um, so that's, that's one of the things that they did. Then um, some other things that have been happening. This one is in the, is in the United States. Um, well, let me save that for, let me just continue with what's happening in Afghanistan and I'll go back to the States. Um, now, another interesting thing that has happened, I just I was talking about in the last week or so, is that the Al-Qaeda top dog returned to Afghanistan. This man, Dr. Amin El-Haq, was, um, was hiding in a cave, uh, essentially. I don't know if he was literally in a cave, but he was hiding as if in a cage. And um, he just came back to Afghanistan. Now, he was uh, a top member of Al-Qaeda. He was the chief aide to Osama bin Laden. He was the former leader of bin Laden's elite Black Guard, uh, which was, which was um, a heavily armed group of Taliban. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Which was a heavily armed group of people, and their duty was to protect Osama bin Laden. Now, do you think that this man... Uh, bin Laden's top protector, right? Um, who took a blood oath to defend bin Laden, and they were highly trained in combat and so on. He, um, bin Laden, handpicked the men who were in this squad. And um, do you think that maybe he will be a bit angry that America killed Osama bin Laden, the person he was number one supposed to protect? Do you think that might? give him some motivation to want to avenge bin Laden's death and um, and attack America? Yes, I think that, that one can safely say that that is definitely on his mind. Um, let's see. Another thing that's happened in this past week uh, in New Zealand, but is connected to Afghanistan, is... Um, there, as you may well have heard, although it was not exactly, uh, you know, major news, but uh, as, as it should have been, I mean, it was not exactly as much in the news as it should have been, but there was a terror attack in New Zealand. And uh, it was in a grocery store and a man um, who, a lone wolf, who was on the watch list in New Zealand since 2016, and was actually followed. I mean, they apparently they have uh, either more police or fewer terrorists on a watch list than in America because they are able to actually um, follow them 24-7. He was just recently let out of jail. And um, so he was, even though, he, and he knew he was being watched and followed, but somehow he managed to go into a, they weren't necessarily... Uh, right behind him. You know, they tried to keep somewhat of a distance to try to, you know, make him think that they weren't, that they weren't still watching him or whatever. Um, but they were, but they weren't close enough. And so he, when he went into this grocery store, he was able to grab a knife and he attacked six people, some of whom are critically injured. Uh, other things that have happened 
So, oh, well, my point in this story of the New Zealand terrorist was is that here he is on the watch list since 2016. Why do you think this man picked now to perpetrate an attack? Do you think it might have been because he was emboldened by what happened in New Zealand, how the terrorists won in New Zealand, and he was um, and he wanted to you know do the same thing? Uh, he did get killed in the attack. They did. They did eventually come and kill him uh, after he got the six people. <clears throat> um, now, another interesting thing that's been happening is that the Taliban. Uh, this is in Afghanistan. The Taliban on a TV show in Afghanistan. The ta- Taliban is blaming the U.S. for the 9/11 attacks. How do you like that? Uh, twisting things around. And um, and they are calling the Taliban is calling suicide bombers like the suicide bombers who were in the planes, hijacked the planes from 9-11. Um, they are calling them not suicide bombers, but martyrdom seeking squadrons, martyrdom seeking squadrons. Now, it is true that when they become suicide bombers um they are seeking martyrdom because that is what they are told that they if they kill themselves in the name of allah uh that they will in fact go to heaven get get their 72 virgins and they're going to be a martyr so martyrdom seeking squadrons now that is a perfect example of gaslighting i mean yes in a way they are martyrdom seeking and they are squadrons. Well, sometimes they're lone wolves, but you know, groups of them are squadrons. Um, and this is incredible gaslighting, and it's a way to try to blame, you know, twist things around and blame the U.S. for 9/11. Then more news. Uh, now I'm getting to the U.S. Um, you know, concomitantly to these things that are happening in Afghanistan. Um, Biden uh, is planning on showing up at all three sites of the 9-11 attacks. Um, (laughs) It's not bad enough. Now, there are some families, 9-11 families, who told him that they did not want him to show up because they wanted him to release some information about uh, more information about 9-11, because these are some people who are suing the Saudi government um, because of their support of the 9-11 terrorists. So they said, if he doesn't release the information that he's not welcome at these uh, commemorations. Now he released some, but it's not clear yet whether he released enough to satisfy them, but he's not, he doesn't care about any of that. (laughs) He's just planning on showing up and how he has the nerve to show up at any of the commemorations, no less all three is, is sad, is shocking, is, is, I mean, it's, it's not really shocking because he's done, there's nothing that he does anymore that's shocking with all the things that he has done already in Afghanistan, promising to, at first, to take all the Americans, get them all home, not to abandon anybody. And, you know, I could go on and on as I did actually in my prior, in my prior podcast, so I won't repeat this. But, um, you know, is he going to be looking at his watch again, as he did at the uh, when the caskets came home of the 13 troops who were killed in Afghanistan? And he was looking at his watch each time a casket came out. Uh, You know, now that he's going to be having to go to all three sites or wanting to go to all three sites um, after dishonoring all of these people, the families who lost loved ones and so on. 
you know, he may, he may have to look at his watch to make sure he's not late for the next commemoration. This is, this is all nauseating. Um, okay, so that's another thing that's happening. What else? Um, now, uh, last but not least, um, this is in America, and this is really disturbing. Um, the Virginia Department of Education made a some woman who is who was um, endorsed uh, apparently by the Virginia Department of Education. She made a video, a two-hour video, to teach teachers how to um, what to say about 9-11, you know, what to say to their classes as the anniversary is approaching, how to handle 9-11. And in particular, she is saying that um, you should, they should just, you know, say the basics of what happened and that's it, not to amplify uh, what happened. And um, they should call the terrorists, she doesn't want them calling the terrorists of 9-11 terrorists, she wants them to call, and I shouldn't just say she, because it's really the Virginia Department of Education that's behind her, you know, or that is okay with this in any case. Um, so she doesn't want them, she doesn't want them to be called terrorists. She wants them to be called extremists. And the, the idea allegedly behind this is to not promote Islamophobia. But it is, it is, it is lying. <laughs> they were terrorists. They were radical Islamists. That's what they were. We know that from history. I mean, it's been proven from the 9-11 uh, investigations. And I mean, there is no question. There have been tons of books written about it. And there, <laughs> there should be no question that these 9-11 radical Islamists were terrorists. Uh, I mean, it should be called by what they are. But this is woke washing. They're woke washing the 9-11 attacks and they are hijacking history just like um, the terrorist hijackers hijack the planes. So this is really, really sad. Um, now, you know, of course, the, uh, the real, um, the motive behind it, the, the secret motive behind it is that uh, by calling the terrorists, radical Islamists, Instead of calling them terrorists, calling them extremists, you can then use the word as have, has been done increasingly, you know, over the last months. Um, it's, it can be used to call other people extremists uh, for political reasons. So, um, you know, this reminds me of a story that, uh, a, a true story that happened in for at Halloween, do you remember the Halloween terrorist attack? Um, I'll tell it when we come back. I will tell you the story of what a teacher uh, said to her, a principal, not a teacher. Well, she might also be a teacher, but she's the principal of a school near Ground Zero, and um, she had this idea not not necessarily to call them extremists. Uh, she didn't want to call the the terrorist who. Uh, cause that attack. She didn't want to call him a terrorist or an extremist or anything like that. So when we come back, I will tell you more about it. Stay tuned. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. 
Now back to the Terrace Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back to the Terrace Therapist Show where I uh, left you on a cliffhanger (laughs) so you would stay tuned for this next segment. And the cliffhanger, it's really an interesting story, true story of what happened after the, um, uh, the Halloween attack in 2017. It's, um, I have this as a pinned tweet on my Twitter page um, from November from November of 2017. Um, there was a teacher, a principal, who uh, after this attack, do you remember that? Let me just recap that attack. It was a man who rented a truck or a van, and he, um, he zoomed down the west side, and um, he ran over people, ran over pedestrians and bicyclists. And clearly it was, you know, he turned out, there was no question afterwards. He had a, he had a, um, an ISIS flag. He, there was no question, you know, when they did, when they investigated, there was no question that he was a, a, a terrorist. And so, um, so uh, they, the, there were all these news reports, of course. And um, in, in one of the news reports, they asked the principal of a school near, near Ground Zero. Oh, yes, it was near Ground Zero. That was the, one of the key factors, you know, why he chose this place. Um, and so they asked this woman what, um, what she's going to tell her kids, you know, the kids in her school the next day. And she said, well, um, I told my teachers, you know, to look for kids, check out kids, see if they're upset or how they're doing. Um, and so we're going to kind of keep an eye on them, but we're not going to mention the word terrorism. Now, uh, that story is still as valuable and uh, distressing now as it was then, because, you know, think about it. The kids went home uh, that night, and I am sure that they uh, watched television or watched, looked on the internet or heard their parents talking. There is no question that they knew <laughs> that this was a terrorist. It was not a surprise. I mean, it was really pretty, it was known pretty, pretty quickly after this attack that the guy was a terrorist. So, um, so they're going to come back to school and, you know, also, of course, they're going to talk with their friends um, and they're going to know, in other words, that it was a terror attack, right? And but this principal is not going to say that it was a terrorist or a terror attack or anything like that. Now, what is wrong with that that story? Lots of things are wrong with it. But one of the things that's wrong with it is that um, it is worse for children if whether it's a teacher, a principal, a parent, a grandparent, anybody, it is worse for children to have an adult tell them a made up story or not tell them the truth, just, you know, not say anything. If you can somehow manage to not do that when they ask the questions. Um, And then, because then not only are they frightened because of terrorism and a terrorist and this thing that happened, but they're also frightened because this adult who they count on a parent, a teacher, a principal, anybody who they rely on, who they trust or trusted um, is now not telling them the truth. So it makes them feel even more scared because they don't have anyone they can rely upon. So, um, okay, so that's, that's, you know, this is kind of a similar story 
to, of course, you know, in that, at that time, um, that, that actually, the story about Halloween and the principal really is, is, isn't as bad, um, isn't as malignant as the story that I told you about, about um, Virginia and the actual plan, you know, the, the determination, this, this video teaching teachers um, to not tell the truth, basically. And that's worse because that is planned. You know, you can give the principal a little bit of a pass. A little, still not much of a pass, but, you know, that she was confronted by a reporter and maybe she wasn't comfortable with the media. She didn't have to know how to, she was nervous talking to the media. I don't know. I'll, but compared to it's still pretty bad, but especially if she carried that out and she didn't tell them that it was a terrorist. But but what's happening in Virginia is a lot worse because that is planned. Now, some other things that happened this past week um, is that is that uh, the Taliban right now, I mean, as I am doing this podcast, um, you know, as you may already know, they have been going house to house. Um, they've been killing people. They've been hunting Americans, not just killing or hunting any old people. They have in particular also, I mean, besides other people. They've been particularly hunting Americans. And they have stopped the planes that were on at the Kabul airport, uh, stopped them from, um, from taking off, at least at this time, as of this time. Um, and why? Why are they doing all of this? Because, and, and this was so foreseeable. I have been talking about this. I don't know if I talked about it on the previous, I think I did talk about it on the last podcast or the one before that because it really was foreseeable for quite some time from the time that they started the pullout um, that the uh, Taliban was going to see Americans as incredibly valuable to them. They are hostages. They are keeping them as hostages. And so far, what they're asking for is to be recognized. They want the United States, they want all the all countries to recognize them as being legitimate. So, um, if they are holding Americans hostage and not letting them go up in the planes or looking for more of them and killing them and so on, or, you know, gathering them as even more of them as hostages, um, you know, they, they are in the driver's seat. And they can ask for, I mean, asking for legitimacy, of course, that's wrong. They do not deserve, I mean, that would be a big mistake. But on the other hand, if um, we're faced with the Americans who will die or who will be kept there and therefore likely die or uh, giving them legitimacy, what do you decide? I mean, that's a pretty hard bargain. And then another thing that came up in this past week that's kind of interesting that um, obviously was not, people did not think about when they um, took all the Afghans on planes before Americans um, there are many uh, situations where there are men who have child brides. You know, it's um, in in um, the tradition, the Islamic tradition and law. It uh, marriages are allowed at any age. So in Afghanistan, they can have brides of any age. They can have little children. So now we have these Afghans, <laughs> the men and their little girl brides in America, where it's not legal to have uh, be married to a 12-year-old girl, for example. 
So what happens now? Do we deport the little girl? Well, not to Afghanistan, that would be too cruel. But do we put the man in jail? I mean, it was okay in his country. Uh, You know, I mean, all of these, there are so many ramifications that haven't even been thought of yet. And really, I believe that the worst is yet to come. And I hate to be such a, a naysayer, a voice of gloom and doom. But, you know, the main reason all along, the reason why I've been doing this for 20 years, I have been telling people in my books, my two books about terrorism, Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted, my later, uh, most recent book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, and all my media appearances, my speaking engagements, uh, my, my podcast, <laughs> um, I am trying to, the reason I'm trying, first of all, to give people a better understanding of what's really going on, things that you will not necessarily hear in mainstream media. Um, I bring my background as a psychiatrist to bear and my background as an expert in terrorism. I've been studying this and from the best, um, you know, people, most respected leaders um, in, in terrorism, knowledgeable people. Um, so I combine the psychology part with the terrorism part and give you a perspective that you won't hear anyplace else. And I do that, first of all, to give you a better understanding because that calms um, people's fears if they can understand things better. And also to try to warn people all along for 20 years, I have been warning people. Finally, finally, I've been proven right. Not that I believe me, not that I wanted to be proven right um, about the danger of the attacks that we that will be coming, the greater attacks that will be coming. But I have been trying to warn people that they need to build up their resilience, uh, psychological resilience and physical resilience, and uh, um, you know their mindset in terms of facing what is going to be coming in the future. So that is why um, that is why I am telling you about some of these things that really. I wish I didn't have to tell you about. So um, let me give you, you know, so now 9-11 is coming, the date, the anniversary. Now I'm talking about the 20th anniversary. What are your plans? Do you Have you planned what you're going to be doing on the anniversary? I suggest that you make plans um, depending upon, you know, what you feel comfortable with and, uh, you know, want to do with your family or friends. Um, if perhaps there is some kind of commemoration where you live, that would be great to attend that. Um, you know, of course, I'm putting COVID aside. You do whatever you think is right in terms of protecting yourself from COVID. I'm not going to go there. But um, just as far as something to do, you know, uh, a community commemoration would be nice if you can keep safe. Uh, otherwise, you can do things on your own. You can plant flowers. Um, you can light candles, you can go to your house of worship, if, if they're letting you in. Um, everybody's houses of worship are doing, have slightly different uh, rules about vaccinations and so on. But anyhow, if you can, that would be a wonderful place thing to do. Um, but if you can't, you can certainly pray at home. You can also, if you have kids, um, you need to read, you need, well, it would be a good idea to read books about terrorism. 
uh, about 9-11, of course, about the heroes of 9-11. You know, it doesn't have to be all the gloom and doom stuff. Um, it, can be, it can be the heroes, too. There are positive parts of 9-11. Um, I'm going to read to you, you know, of course, of course, the best thing that you can do. <laughs> uh, time out for a little self-promotion here. You know, I, I feel, um, although I feel awkward telling everybody to get my book, <laughs> Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, oh my. On the other hand, um, this is really what kids need. The first half of the book is meant for grownups, parents, grandparents, any kind of family members, as well as teachers. And it has things, how to talk to kids about terrorism, how to look for um, symptoms in your child, how this, you know, even if they weren't born by 9-11, um, certainly hearing about it and so on, they're going to be having feelings about it. They're already having feelings about Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, I, I talk about that, what things to look for, how to get the kids to express their feelings, um, 88 things that parents and teachers and other grownups can do with kids to build resilience. And then the second half of the book is a picture book for kids. And so, um, you know, at one point I ask, um, what is a terrorist? And I have asked them to draw in the book what, um, what they think a terrorist looks like. And then I go on and talk about Osama bin Laden and so on. And uh, I talk about, you know, with, for the question, what is a terrorist? I compare it to a, um, a um, bully on the playground. And so that they can understand that. And, and I talk, I go a little, of course, depending on the age of the child and their psychological maturity, you can go deeper. But I talk about how, um, you know, if, if it's a, a child who can understand this, um, you know, I talk about how just like and most children can understand this, what I'm just going to tell you, uh, that bullies on, bullies on the playground are bullies because they are not very happy with themselves. They don't like themselves. They're, they're sad. They're troubled. They usually come from broken homes uh, and have all kinds of problems. And I compare that to a terrorist who has all kinds of problems that make them attracted to become a terrorist in the first place. So, you know, you can really get into that. And in past podcasts, I have uh, analyzed terrorists not just from 9-11, but from um, various terror attacks, you know, um, from in the, in the United States or in England or in France, I, I have uh, put them on my couch and analyzed them. And all, all terrorists have some, before they become a terrorist, they have some problem, some, something that makes them angry, something that makes them want to um, hit back at society, and they are ripe for um, joining another family, you know, for joining um, a terrorist family and getting, you know, getting, um, feeling, getting to feel like their life is, has meaning because they are, you know, going to attack the West and all. I mean, that's a whole other podcast that I'll, that I'll probably do at some point again in the future. Um, but let me read to you what, so one, one of the parts in the book, um, in the part for grownups is um, answers to uh, frequently, most frequently asked questions, kids most frequently asked questions. So, you know, like, for example, the basic question is, will something bad happen to me? Will something bad happen to mom or dad or my brothers or sisters? Will I die? Will you die? Will my dog or cat die? What will happen to me if you don't come to pick me up at school or you don't come home? What if you get hurt? 
what is terrorism? Um, and then pointing to someone in public uh, where the child says, is he or she a terrorist? So um, then what, what happened today or yesterday or last week, whenever there was a terrorist attack, what happened when we were attacked? Why do terrorists attack us? Why do terrorists blow themselves up when they set off bombs? Will there be another terror attack? Uh, what can we do to stop the attacks? So those are the most frequently asked questions, and I provide answers. Obviously, uh, the grown-up can, you know, um, fit the answer to their, um, the way that they want to talk about it, but I give the gist of what the answer, psychologically healthy answer. So let me read, I'll read one of them. Um, why do terrorists blow themselves up when they set off bombs? So the answer is, Terrorists not only hate other people who don't want to play by their rules, but they are full of hate for themselves. Terrorist leaders make phony promises to them. The leaders tell them that if they become suicide bombers by blowing themselves up, when they blow up many other people, they will get rewarded when they die. Sometimes they also tell them they will make them into famous heroes forever or make their family very rich. The suicide bombers want to believe that these lies are true because underneath the hate and anger they have for themselves makes them want to destroy themselves. This is very sad for them and for us. If you ever feel that there are things you don't like about yourself or your life, I hope you will tell me what they are. We can make things better together. You should never hurt yourself or other people because you're angry. So that's just one example. Um, I also talk in the book about when terrorists, uh, blow, you know, when suicide bombers or when terrorists plant um, bombs, explosive devices, that um, it's like having a temper tantrum, you know, and then, and then the parent can say, when you have a temper tantrum, you don't get what you want, right? Well, the terrorists aren't going to get what they want either. So you see, you can, you can put it in words that are understandable by kids and that aren't particularly frightening, but you really have to, and certainly, let me just end with this, end with this cheery remark, um, that there may well be uh, at least one terror attack between now and 9-11, the anniversary. Um, it would be surprising if there wasn't going to be at least one lone wolf uh, doing something to get um, famous, to you know, feel emboldened, just like the man in, in New Zealand felt emboldened by the Taliban winning. Well, you think there aren't other lone wolves in the United States who um, want the notoriety, want um, feel are feeling emboldened, and maybe they wouldn't have done it, uh, you know, six months ago, but they're going to do it now, and especially with the 20th anniversary of 9/11 um, coming, and perhaps especially on that day. Uh, it is really very tempting. So stay safe. Don't stay under your covers. Talk to your kids. Um, remember and honor the people who died and sacrificed in other ways, not just the people who died on 9-11, but think about the people who uh, cleaned up Ground Zero and the other um, areas, the other sites who then uh, have died or are dying from cancer because of the toxic materials. Honor all the people in the military, of course. Honor all the people who sacrificed for you so that you could continue to have freedom. 
Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.